So hey guys, welcome back. This is part three with my client, Andrew. We dive deep into what he's been up to the last three weeks after our session together. And we dive deep into why men numb and what he has learned from doing the calling in the one process. Here it is, Andrew and Crazy Juicy Love. So welcome to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast <laughs> and bringing back Andrew from uh, one of my clients here that coached during the final follow-up on his um, journey. <laughs> I just can't help but think that your room looks ah, You know, we're not going to talk about that right now. So, you know, beep, I'm going to beep you out. <laughs> My next one is a double XL. It's Bobby Bob. Um, you ain't got your pillows. Hey, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here, for doing this live. I can see your face and your reaction. Um, <laughs> so, how long has it been since last time? The last time. Which you? Three weeks. What are you gonna let me answer your question? Oh, no? okay. Sorry. Go ahead. It's been three weeks. <laughs> uh, it's been three weeks. I've missed you these three weeks. Oh, you missed. <laughs> On Monday nights, I've been the same. You miss me like being <laughs> you're <laughs> abusing me and keeping me accountable. Yeah. So. What's been going on in the last few weeks? <laughs> what do you want to know? Like, more specifically. More specifically, I mean, what has, what have you accomplished? What have you opened up to? Like, what is life like now? You know, this, do you hear the chair? Yeah, I hear the chair, but it's okay. <laughs> As you crickle and creaky. Uh, What's been going on with life? What, what have I been doing? Yeah, since so the calling in one, like, how is your life different? How, um, how, how are you loving yourself more and more, more and more every day? How, ooh, that's, those are two big questions. Um, well, I think I am a lot less reactive to exterior circumstances in my life. Uh, since doing the program, doing your program. There's been a lot of, you know, I've had, um, I would say the same amount of uh, typical bullshit that <laughs> I have to deal with in life and stuff like that. Maybe a, a little bit more or less than usual. <clears throat> um, but I don't find stuff as triggering. Like what, what, what used to trigger you in that one? Uh, well, how personal do I want to get? So my ex-girlfriend has been, she's been like <laughs> contacting me, communicating me, trying, you know, I told her I didn't want to communicate. In the, in the last two and a half weeks, she's written me, I mean, this is... Say it! How juicy I want to get. She's written me four handwritten letters. She's emailed me sent me a video text message <laughs> and a paragraph link text and left two voicemails 
That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of uh, within the first the first thing that came was a, a video message and a text and after I called her and told her like I don't want to communicate anymore that's when the letters and the emails and stuff came um, whereas before I think I would have been like moping for an entire week and let uh allow like allow myself to be triggered by these like big bold statements of like love for me I think I've uh, I don't know I, I've, I've recognized that all of this is sort of lip service and it's if anything I see it more of a like a distraction now for me like focusing on myself rather than you know I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say I lost myself in my own story (laughs) (laughs) well I just think I'm not as triggered and I don't you know before I would I would be I'd get like those letters and I'd think about it for an entire day and it would just consume my day and now I see them and I'm like oh this is annoying I mean do you think that you have grown beyond that because usually at least for me, when I was for something like calling a one, I probably would have like gave into something like that. I would have probably had a conversation and then to hear this person out, see them, see this person again. Because this has this has happened to me, you know. Yeah. Now I was in an intense, I guess not even a relationship, but dating situation with this Italian guy and thought this person was the love of my life since the first time I saw this person I was like I want to marry this person because it was just so intense mm-hmm. with us and then when we the first time we broke up I was just like thinking about consumed like what you were saying with thinking about this person and what life could have been like if the crap the bullshit was in, in the way because mm-hmm. every think of all the, the good parts of the relationship and yeah. And I remember that first letter came in because I had already had pre-wrote a letter and I was going to send it to him. I was just like, no, do not do this. No, do not do this. Well, I had I had pre-wrote a letter because after we broke up. But what did the letter say or what was it about? Um, it was just like apologizing, I guess, for how I was behaving and I really want to try this again. Um, but at the end of the day, I realized what stopped me from sending that letter was that and I was like, well, wait a minute, why am I apologizing? I wasn't the one who's holding back. I wasn't the one who's like, I'm not the one who's always late. I'm not the one who's always like priding and fighting for this person to like fully participate in yeah. this with me. It was it was me like doing all those things. He was just like um he was he was holding back. Yeah. And like, you know, saying all these words to me, like, well, if the one, you know, if you were the one, you would wait for me. If you were the one, you wouldn't pressure me. Or, like, because he, we, we had had sex, and it was like, ooh, four, four, four months in, like, we just kissed, and I'm just like, I'm not used to waiting this long. But he was like, well, if you're the one, you will wait this long until I'm ready. All this, like, 
lip service and like like what you're saying or if you're the one you would know my favorite restaurant is i'm like i'm i'm not a fucking psychic like why are you like you know but i bought into it yeah. like because of the intense feeling that i had for this person then when when he wrote me this email i was like this is a sign you know, maybe we should get back together. And then I sent him that email um, that I pre-wrote and then we got back together and it was the same old crap. Yeah. And I was just like... That's something I think in in three weeks, I'm more aware of like what is bullshit and what <laughs> is like truth. And so I don't think I'm as reactive to these letters that would like really tug at my height heartstrings right as much as I used to because I realized that it's like oh this is a lot of the same right it's like I am more respectful of the boundaries I set for myself because I felt like in my previous relationship I there were certain things that I mean I was not getting the love that I like wanted or asked for and so in the breakup, I asked for like non-communication and I found that like, oh, in our relationship, I wasn't getting what I asked for. Even when we broke up, I'm still not getting what I asked for, <laughs> which is to not communicate. So I think I have that awareness to see that like, it is just lip service. Right. Because it is just a cycle of that same sort of behavior that like, led to the demise of our relationship right and it's like i mean what you're saying is very important because of the, you know boundaries are very important and very healthy and for a long time i didn't even realize that those were important to set yeah. and when you allow someone to break those boundaries you're dishonoring yourself yeah and when and then you start allowing others to do that to you and then you're in the same cycle all over again. I find too with those boundaries, it's like they're not as, they're kind of little blips on the radar. It's not as big as you think it right. is until, <laughs> until a year goes by and you're like, oh, I'm being totally violated. You know, I'm like totally right. uncomfortable right. in this situation where it's like, because like a year before you didn't say anything that like, you didn't set boundaries for yourself a year ago, and so those like little things add up over time. They do, and then what happens is it blows up in our face, and then one, we don't take responsibility for our own actions for not even honoring our own boundaries, and then we like take it out on the other person. Yeah. You know, um, and a lot of people are... Uh, what, what have you, what has been challenging for you to set boundaries? Like, or why, why have you found it? Because I feel like I find it challenging to set boundaries. I just want to know why. Was it? Challenging for challenging you. Because yeah. I feel like I'm pushing the person away. Yeah. I feel like I'm not loving them or fully accepting them. But at the same time, I have to love and accept myself first before I can, like, even do that to the other person. Isn't that a tricky thing? Because that's what I find, too, is that, like, if I'm putting boundaries, I feel like being a dick. Sometimes. I mean, I used to think that yeah, way, but yeah. I have to shift that context for me in order to do that. Because otherwise, you know, I end up in a, uh, a friendship, or for instance, and and it can translate into romantic situations where you just feel drained. Yeah. 
Um, and it takes away your happiness and it takes away from you enjoying the moment. It takes away from you enjoying the other person um, if I don't set boundaries. And you just end up wasting time sitting in situations where you don't want to be in and yeah. you don't want to engage in. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had to set a boundary with a friend. It was it was very hard when I had my calling on my coach. He was like, "You need to set a boundary with this friend, or you need to get rid of this friend, because this friend always." And another coaching, well, sort of coaching session had with a guy like a couple of years ago. You know, he asked, he has this questionnaire. He sent out to me. He was like, "Who?" I think the question was like, "Who adds value and who takes away value in your life?" And his friend was on both sides, and like, and I was like. And I was like, I was really struggling even to even write it down on paper and then have to discuss it because I knew it was going to come up in the conversation and I explained to him why. Um, he didn't go out, he didn't have much training to even go out further to talk about boundaries. But when I started doing the calling one, my coach was just very like, you need to like get rid of this person because this person obviously drains the hell out of you. And yeah. he just starts speaking up. And I realized, oh, like I how that translate into my romantic relationships in the beginning, not much so now. Um, like I wouldn't set boundaries, I wouldn't speak up, I wouldn't um, be here to like honoring me first. Um, but then I saw that was very draining uh, and that doesn't work. And then now you're drained and you don't want to go home, you want to be the other person and you know, like you're not taking care of yourself. So if I'm not taking care of myself, then how am I going to contribute to this relationship? You know, so it was awkward and, and hard in the beginning. Um, uh, even a girl I, I'm coaching now, I was really hard on her about setting boundaries with her parents. These are parents for a long time because she's uh, from a culture where light skin is a value more than dark skin and she didn't value herself as a dark skinned woman and she allowed her parents to make fun of her and she's like brush it off and I was like no you need to one value yourself and start setting your boundaries with your family and saying this is not up for grabs anymore yeah I'm wondering if there's a different way to phrase it outside of like setting boundaries because when you talk about that situation, it's like, I don't know, for me, yeah, it's just like setting boundaries just felt like such a, <coughs> excuse me, I don't know. It's like for me, it was, it was setting boundaries with my family as well. Just being like, oh, I don't want negativity or gossip in my life anymore. And that seems like a simple proposition. <laughs> right. It seems like a simple proposition, but people, when you've acted a certain way your entire life, or you've allowed, you know, you've allowed your beliefs to be so like repressed or suppressed, and you're starting to like speak up for yourself. I think it catches people off guard. And yeah. it, it, it really, it, it's affected. I feel happier and healthier in the last, you know, in the last two months, but I don't also, I also don't talk to like my mother and sister as much anymore, which sucks, but it's like, those are boundaries that I had to set up because they were just draining. 
Right, and it's hard in the beginning, it's awkward. And I find eventually it will hopefully, at least for me, it pans out. Yeah. You know, they start to see that this is important to you. Yeah. Well, you hope they see this is important to you and why this is important um, to you and the effect this has on the relationship. That's what one hopes. That doesn't always, yeah, it doesn't always happen. It doesn't happen. always happen. Um, you know, I've had, yeah, I've, I've had, I think, to come to terms with the fact that I don't know if I'll talk to, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to talk to him as much presently and in the future. Because the few times I have, last two months, I, I still notice that they want to revert back to like gossiping to me. Right. When I told them I don't want to hear it, it they just, they're offended by that. Right. I mean, even like, you know, we have <laughs> some, you know, mutual friends and I've shared with you like how gossipy they can be. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to see a few of them later on today. <laughs> and, you know. <laughs> uh, gossip about the gossip. The gossip about the gossipy, you know, but, you know, I think the more aware that I became of the effects of what gossip can do. Yeah. Um, like, because you're not elevating anybody. You just like, you know, talking about somebody to make yourself feel good about <laughs> where you are in life, so you won't feel shitty about you know the shit that's going on in your life and the lack of love what, that goes on in your life. So, you know, um, and especially sometimes gossip is about this. If you're with the same person, it's not the same old thing over. It's like a broken record over and yeah. over and over again. And I just like. It's not moving anything forward. And the per- basically, the gossip, just, um, from what I've learned, is if I'm gossiping, is my like a responsibility of saying something to this person, say, hey, this is, you know. Would you explain that, there for that? Um, like, say, you know, somebody's life. <laughs> Like, oh, she's a hot ass mess, and blah, blah, blah. You know, so instead of like, how'd you know? <laughs> instead of being like, hey, like, I see something's going on with you. Do you have, do you need help? I see there's a concern. There's some kind of concern that in your life, your marriage, I want to be there for you to help evolve this thing in your life. Instead of being on the outside looking in and be like, oh, you know. She can't keep a boyfriend. He can't keep a man. You know, like that doesn't add to. Um, that doesn't add to anything. And basically, also, God, what gossip does is that you are, when you're spreading gossip, you are coloring the view of some coloring the view of that person. So then, therefore that these other people who don't know that person start to treat them in that way without even knowing that person. Yeah. And so now they have this like, quote unquote, gang or slew of people mistreating them or talking about them or, or shunning them. And they haven't even done anything to that, those yeah. group of people, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it's a, a, a huge thing. What I find sometimes in the gay community when they do that, it just keeps, when we do that, Taking responsibility because I've done that too. It keeps me away from 
of yep. a gay man instead of bringing myself closer to gay men and seeing like... So you think there's like a, a lack of like or fear of intimacy with that? Yeah. Yeah? I'm trying to think. Fear of the unknown, fear yeah. of like... I also find like for me gossiping has also, you know, you you sometimes gossip about traits or there's something that you really do admire or want about that person that you're gossiping about. Mm-hmm. From, and so in doing the gossip you kind of either it's like expressing the jealousy or it's expressing right. the you know uh, there's something missing that you want that that person has that if you gossip about him like equalizes you right and like you know one of the one of the common comments that most people say well who do you think they are you think you're better than me and people would say uh, and i would say and now my response is i said no i don't think that you think that <laughs> damn <laughs> i'm like it's true like that that's like i don't think that you think that you're putting me somewhere that on this pedestal not me yeah there was a I just remember I was looking through my phone and when I had Facebook like five years ago or whatever, three years ago. Or, this or, man does not have any social media people. No social media. <laughs> Make my life small, just the way I like it. I feel as important as I am not that important. Is your life that small? I don't think your life is that small. It's not that small, but I mean, social media, I don't have to deal with, it, you know, 750 people, which I had. I did have it, you know watch my every move and my instagram body doesn't look as good as my real body <laughs> uh, thank you uh my face comes out a little quickly on the camera um where was i oh when i had facebook the there was a quote from you know one of those like rainbow sparkle letters you know just one of those cheesy like what would you would you find it like a garage sale like mm-hmm. painted hand painted by like an 80 year old grandma kind of thing it was like if you treat people's like gossip and the negative things uh that they say about somebody is what they're saying about themselves right i do think that's true is that like when someone is expressing that there's just like so much pain behind what they're saying right and they're really like hurting themselves so they try to express it in a way you know instead of saying like i'm i'm miserable and i'm sad and lonely they say like look how miserable that person is look how sad that well there is it's avoiding their own misery so it's like it's easier to look at the other person's misery to avoid looking at your own or lack thereof or lack thereof yeah yeah, 100%. You know, um, this is why I'm like avoiding saying yes to going to that party because <laughs> I just don't want to be around that. And then, you know, alcohol gets into play and then it's like 10 times it's worse. And then, yeah, but Jimmy, you and I can sit on the couch <laughs> gossiping about the gossip. Gossiping about the gossipers. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> So I just pull this up, you know, I'm going to read your intention again. Let's oh my see. goodness, you're going to make me cry if you read it again. Yes, that's, uh, that's something I think I've, yeah, I think I've been more, uh, another thing that's changed for me in the three weeks, 
he's like, I'm just a lot more open with expressing what I'm going through. You are. To you're different you're, to different people too. You are. You're sharing yourself like unapologetically yeah. and, and vulnerably. I, f- and- I found it challenging because I didn't realize like how I'm, I'm starting to share myself so much and I'm getting tired of telling the same story. <laughs> so you got to change that story. Exactly. Now. <laughs> I know just like, I, you know, I've been hanging out. My, my, I've been working a decent amount and then in my free time it's either like going on uh, he's going on dates, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> They're expensive as fuck. Uh, and then just like hanging out with friends, but then like, I'm like sharing, a, you know, sharing my day with people. It's like, oh, I'm telling like five different people the same thing about my day or something. I'm trying to perfect that. Like, you have to create some new things. I sure, do. Though. I do. Yeah. So, yeah. Andrew's intention I intend on being seen. I intend on radically loving and accepting myself. I intend on allowing myself to dream. I intend on sharing myself. I intend on waking up happy every day and loving who I am and who I am not. I will confidently, I will be confident in my opinions with myself, with others, and in the world. I want to take up space in my daily life and stage and the world i will be open confident aware present happy and joyful every day wise words from a wise man <laughs> so how is that showing up in your life uh how are all those things showing up in my at least life? some of those things yeah uh I would say I've only had maybe like two or three bad days in the last three weeks. And when I say bad days, I just mean like, meh. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, I'm feeling sad. But it's like, I'm okay with doing that. Uh, or feeling that way. Because uh, of your breakup. Because. <laughs> I, so I, right. re- I have to reiterate that. You know, <laughs> my breakup, it's, it's my a breakup, part it's three my with Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think just like waking up happier, which is kind of like, you know, I'm not the happy, you know, the job that I work right now, I'm not the happiest of the career that I want. I'm like getting to a point of like accepting that I, it pays my bills. I have a great life. I have a nice apartment. I have great friends. Like, I feel like I'm getting to a point of stasis. Mm-hmm. I wanted to drop that word. I don't know if it's the correct use. <laughs> I did want to drop. Just getting back to like my point about neutral or Andrew. And neutral isn't a bad. Like when I say neutral, I don't mean like blah, boring. I just mean like <laughs> I, I mean like being just happy with every day and every moment. Not needing any anything more to be happy, and I found in the last three weeks that I'm like doing that and enjoying that. And then when I get these, that's why when I say like the text and call from X are annoying. I'm like, I'm happy, okay? Let's just let me be happy. <laughs> it's like it's more of like a, a fly trying to drop my Zen state. I'm like meditating or something. <laughs> I can sound like a visual. Uh, 
I would say that. And then realizing I just have like, every day is packed with like so much time. And so trying not to waste that time. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's something interesting you said, um, interesting that you said is, um, I think I was talking to someone else about this, like you're, well, basically you probably don't know this phrase, but like choosing where you are. Um, Beware what? Choosing where you are, choosing the job that you have right in front of you. And what I mean by that is like, when you choose it, then you stop agonizing over it. I'm choosing to be here and I'm going to make the best of it. And so, you know, when I started choosing you know, the whole the side jobs that we both have, yeah. you know, I realize and, and now that I'm like coaching and like building this business, I realize, oh, because I chose it a while ago, I can I choose it over and over again. But, and this is where it makes a difference. If I'm choosing to be here, I'm going to make the best of this. Yeah. And I remember when I first moved to New York, um, I was working, I was a PA for the CMA Awards, Country Music Awards, when it here. It was like, a, it never comes here. It was the first time in New York at the time. And uh, waking up four o'clock in the damn morning to go to the city. And I was the Are you a big country music fan? No, it was just a job. I needed money. So I had to like. Was, was Reba hosting? No, it was um, Paul, uh, Dolly Parton. Oh. And uh, I can't remember. Um, who else was hosting that? But I think Don, Dolly Parton and Elton John, I think. They ended up getting a duet. The Queen of Country and the Queen of England. <laughs> um, and so I was working with this woman. We were like, you know, putting on the celebrity, like, cardboard. Oh, the pictures <laughs> inside the seat and organizing them. And this woman said something to me, and it never left me. She was like, she kind of saw how I was like, I was just like, I'll just throw in the thing and I'll just like just put it in the chair not really you know uh, looking like how I was placing the cardboard I was like it's just a cardboard thing in a seat like you know a cardboard cut of, of Garth Brooks yeah Garth Brooks is in a seat yeah. but she was very meticu- uh, meticulous she was like Jimmy you have to learn how to come from a place of excellence like everything we do is in a compromised spirit of excellence. Like even the way you put this down and do this rehearsal is a reflection of how you do things in life. And I was just like, it never ever left me. Yeah. And so when I started choosing, you know, my part-time gigs, I said, okay, I'm choosing to be here that I'm going to like, at least if it's me on the line, then I need to like, bring my best in it, even though I know this is not my dream job. Yeah. And I realize now, like, even though as I go on this journey as a coach and like, you know, in the Call in the One program, you know, they encourage us to like, you know, do public speaking and do our own workshops and like, and a lot of people, I remember, I remember being in the classroom, the virtual classroom and like hearing everybody's concerns about doing this, do we have to do this, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh yeah, this makes sense. And because I realized like oh all the work that I've been doing especially on the events and stuff like oh I can put my own event together I know how to hire I know who to call to I know who like how much to pay I know how to organize you know uh, I know how to put it together I can if I don't want to put it together I have like these like planners to put it together or like a person who captures to put things together I can hire someone I know how to delegate that to people. I can hire people to like work the event. Like I like all these things. Like 
It's really a mindset shift. Right. Because it's like, I, I don't enjoy, just because it's not like this intellectually stimulating and it doesn't feel as like soulful, soul fulfilling as I'd like it to be. But it's like, I can go into work and be like, what can I learn today? And that's just a mindset shift for me. And like, instead of like being miserable, be like, oh, this sucks. It's like, oh, I, I could learn how to like manage a team. You know, right. in, 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 in what approaches to take in like communicating with people and to get people, you know, that's something you can learn from the job that we do. Right. As we oversee a group of like, which I think are the, the people we like oversee, I think it's, that's like a bunch of like 20 year old dudes. Like that's a challenging <laughs> to be like, I'm gonna shut up. Yeah, get you to shut up and be like, I need you to do, you know, accomplish this task. And it's like, right. you learn how to deal with that. And then, but that's like a mindset. If I went in there being like, oh, today sucks. I just hate my job. I'm just gonna be like quiet in a corner. My mind's just gonna be racing about how negative everything is. Whereas if I walk in and be like, what can I learn today? Yeah, right. I don't like my job, but what can I learn from it today? Or what right. can I challenge myself with today? It's like, then you slowly start building skills. Right. And even like yesterday, how like, people were surprised of how like the different kitchens were so quiet and so organized. And I was just like, I need to be intentional. And I brought the team leaders together. I said, this is how this is going to work. Yeah. You're going to control your people, not me coming to you and control them. Like yeah. I really laid it out. Before I'd be like, I'll just like go with the flow, yeah. you know, but, and then manage it that way. I was like, no, I'm gonna set the tone and give it to them so they can give it to their people. Yeah. And then I'm gonna reiterate it again. And then I'm, I'm not going to the people in the line, I'm going to the leader, your people. Yeah. And they work. Like, and, <laughs> and I'm like, what is this line? And they're like, this, they're just, they're just like in order and they'll just like be there, they'll be still. And, the um the um the new manager uh he was like wow you just like <laughs> he just like sat back and walked he was like you're just doing this so like beautiful and i'm just like yeah i'm just like <laughs> it's just like being intentional yeah, just with that, yeah. you know yeah. um and um that's something too i think it's a big thing i've learned in like managing people it's like it doesn't I'm not a business, you know, owner or business person, but like in managing a staff of people, it's like, just give them the result that you want. It doesn't matter how they get there. As long as they get that result, like allow them to do that. Right. And so many people, I think, micromanage and just want it done their way. And it's robbing like each person of their like own individuality. Right. And, like accomplishing that task. Because right. just because uh, a person doesn't do it your way, it's, it's, the result is the same. <laughs> Allow them to do it their way. Right. So how are you like relating to disappointments? I know earlier you were saying like, you know, how are you dealing with them as before? As before, because that's important for people to hear of like. This is how I deal with disappointments now because I do X, Y, and Z. My mind doesn't go there. Like, how do you just, how are you dealing with bad days or sad days? Yeah. Uh, well, used to, I used to like let them stifle and overwhelm me. And so, like, if I had a disappointment or a bad day, it kind of would like linger on for 
the entire day and I would use like numbing tactics. Whether that was smoking, drinking, really? or uh, not really smoking. You called me on that. <laughs> oh, I see. Cool. Uh, no, I would say like going out and having a couple beers or just like YouTubing or just anything to like numb my brain mm-hmm. and get it to not think about whatever it was that was bothering me. And now I find I like to like go into the discipline. Like, you know, it's kind of like. Hey, you, what do you mean you go into the discipline? Yeah, so like if. Again, make myself sound cool. I didn't surf or anything like that. So when I go, you know, duck diving in the ocean, it's kind of like when the wave is coming, you go underneath it. Uh, I was like, what is that? Okay, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, yeah, when that disappointment, I see it coming, like, oh, you know, just dive into it, allow myself to like feel the energy of it and, and understand it more. What do you What do you say to yourself when the disappointment comes to dive into it? Uh. It's kind of just like breathing with it and feeling it. So if, uh, you know, I did a show a couple weeks ago and uh, I went up there and I mean, I did well, but then, you know, there was some moments. The one man show. Yeah, the one man show. I went up and, and did well and the, there were some moments I wanted like more of a laugh and I just, the joke I thought was better than the <laughs> than the response received, and I just instead of after the show, I used to be able. To, I used to beat myself up for uh, situations like that. Just like, why didn't they laugh? What can I do to change it to set the other? Instead, I just was like, okay, it just happened. Try next time because it's all like a process to make it better. Mm-hmm. It's not a great example. <laughs> uh, I mean, my diving into disappointments, I just like al- allow myself to feel disappointed. When you allow yourself to feel disappointed, I find that it's like the disappointment can last for 10 minutes rather than <laughs> like letting it last for 24 hours by numbing it and ignoring it. Right. That's another, another interesting thing. Like, why do you think men numb? Because I think a lot, of, a lot of men, we numb, we drink, and you know, like I'm on this like a month and a half, I haven't had a drink, this challenge I'm doing. And I was like, oh, you know, I have this sort of reward system of like drinking, like, oh, I did a good job. I did like the coaching in the day. Yeah. And, or sometimes with disappointments, you know, like how men rush to go get a drink. And I used to, um, if you go down to uh, 34th Street, I think so, I forgot who said that. You're, you're the- picture on a bar wall because you would go in there so often. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah. Some hot juice, yeah. the bar drinking, cocktails. Um, but a lot of people go to bars and, and throw a couple back before they go home to the you know, ball and chain, you know. <laughs> you know. Oh, honey, I'm going to go get a few drinks before I go home. Right, you know. So, why do you think men and why did you know? Why do I think men numb and yeah. why do I know? Why did you know? Why did I know? Yeah. Um, well, disappointment is overwhelming. Feeling sad and disappointed, mm-hmm. it's not the most fun feelings to feel. <laughs> <laughs> to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm sad or I'm disappointed. Like, those aren't, you don't want to hang out in those emotions <laughs> often. Uh, and so I would numb to just kind of, yeah, it just was a distraction. And I think it was 
an enjoyment of being in the same cycle. I was used to it. You know what I mean? Like, it, what do you mean? Enjoyment of being in the same cycle. Like there was a like, and then I didn't have to change. I didn't mm. have to change my the way I approach problems. I could just always there was a sense of comfort in being like, oh, I'm feeling sad. Or I'm in numb. This sadness and disappointment is always going to be there, and I can just keep numbing and return back to it. That is so interesting. Is this? I, I there's a friend of mine. I said that to, you, and I said, I think you enjoy being depressed. I yeah. think you enjoy numbing yourself and coming back to this disappointment over and over and over again. The eight years I've known you, the same conversation. You don't do anything about it. There's a comfort and this disappointment yeah he was like he looked at me he was like what are you talking about i was like because we're having the same conversation over and over again yeah. and there's an enjoyment and then when i try to offer you something to get you out of it you attack me yeah for disrupting you to like there's a better way <laughs> but you would rather sit in that numbness yeah. and not do anything about it yeah i totally relate to that and I'm not that friend that you told that to, but we should have You could have told me that in the beginning of our session that I wanted to be with you for seven weeks. Well, I mean, you weren't as, as bad as, as this person. Um, so, but, but what's the enjoyment of that? Like, I, I just, like... I like... I, I, this is something I'm dealing with now. Uh, I think this is what I'm like now having with. As I get to a point where I'm like happy and content with where I'm at, I learn that I'm in control of my life. And life is fucking challenging and hard. And for anybody in this world, I think it's just like you're born into life, which is hard. Well, I think people want a life where there's no challenges and no mistakes and no pain. I would no say, hurt. I don't know about. I definitely agree with no mistakes. I think that's the biggest thing. Challenges, I think, are fine, but everyone wants to have a challenge that they know they'll accomplish or they'll, they won't make any mistakes right. on it. And I often hear people go, I don't want to get hurt again. That's why I'm not in a relationship. And I said, well, tough. Good luck, honey. Yeah. Because. <laughs> Good luck, honey. Because that that's the other side of a coin of love, like yeah. disappointment and pain. Like it comes. You can't be in love or have love without disappointment, without yeah. pain, without it's just how you deal with it is the outcome of like you either gonna get through it or just sit in that numbness and be disappointed and be in two years. Yeah. I think it's applicable though to not just a relationship but love for yourself, love right. for your job or career, love for just your life in general. Right. But you can also, like, you can love your life right now. Oh, that sounds so cheesy. Oh, can't you can. Yeah. I, it's, it is cheesy to say <laughs> until you say it over and over and over again. But it's going I back can't to believe I can't believe it. But until you choose where you are, then you can, until you choose where you are, then you're able to make better choices. Otherwise, if you're not choosing it, it's like whatever you resist persists. You you just you just egging on of calling in more of the same crap. And you're you're still dwelling in the same mindset, and when you're dwelling in the same mindset about 
a shitty life, a shitty job, a shitty relationship, you're, you're actually calling in more of that. You're just, that's all you're focusing on. And the more you focus on that, that's the more of it you're gonna get. Until you shift that context, then you'll get more of the other thing that you want. You, but you have to shift. If you keep dwelling on the negative shit, then that's all you're gonna see. That's all you're gonna have. It's like that experiment that when you say, well, I think it's, so with that, so you're asking why you think people like men, men, sorry, apologies. Why I think, why I think men and myself included in that category, mm-hmm. subcategory of men under that umbrella, why men stay in that mindset. And I think you can predict the outcomes of just being sad and miserable right. <laughs> more so than you can when you're open to like more joy and they don't know what it looks like well yeah because they don't know what it looks like but it also is like more stuff comes to you I think when you are open and receptive and you see so many more opportunities when you're sad and miserable and when I've been like in that mindset I know that like whatever is handed to me is just going to be a shit sandwich and it's just going to be a terrible piece of shit that I don't want to you know put down or stomach or eat or whatever but when I like on the same token, like when I'm more open and happy and enjoy life, like that shit sandwich is now, uh, it could be a hundred different opportunities. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I think that intimidates people, the fact that it's that like, is I mean, that there's just a bunch of opportunity with enjoying life. Like right. when you enjoy life, every day is filled with so many more opportunities than when you don't enjoy life. Right. <laughs> Commercial break. I'm here with Moe's eyeglasses washers, little stick figurines with window wipers for your glasses. Hook them on to your glasses, and these two little guys just roll down like it's a hundred-story skyscraper. They squeeze your glasses, and then they go on their merry way. Roy's little guy glasses queen. Right? And we're back, Andrew. Um, yeah, so sit shit sandwiches. <laughs> My trademark. Um, I mean, yeah, like, does that make, I feel like that makes, you get that though, right? Like when, when, like staying in that cycle of everything's terrible and miserable, like you know everything is going to be bad. When you say like everything's great, well then there's so much great in the city and in your day. Right. But why is, but just like your reaction and my reaction to saying like you can't choose yeah. to be happy. Like, but why is that so hard to grasp? Like, and why do people, I, I, for me, I guess it's something for me to look at myself. Like I struggle trying to get through with a friend of mine who's that way. Like no matter how much bright light I'm trying to shine on the things that he can have, yeah. He just doesn't want to see that. Like he just wants to do well in that in that 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 mess. And it's like, okay, at one point, do I say, 
set the boundary that I am not going to have this conversation with you anymore. Because if you don't do anything about it, then I don't want to have this conversation. And this is where it comes a challenge. I'm still in that category. I still think I go like back and forth. I mean, it's, it's challenging. Because I don't think the majority of people choose like joy and happiness in mm. life. So like one in making that choice to be happy and enjoy life, like you're already going against the mainstream and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I also think we're like pumped into, I've thought about this a few times, this is like my non-PhD, PhD arguments. <laughs> like we're also in like a consumer, like America's like a consumerist society. So instead of, it's like, it's marketed that you can never be happy enough because you don't have enough stuff and you don't have enough things to fulfill your happiness. So yeah, the majority of people like are shown and told that they need better clothes, more stylish clothes, better vacuum cleaner, all those things before they can achieve happiness. It's like, no, it's bullshit. And it happens when people are dating. Like I had a friend of mine, she said, well, I need to lose weight before I go date again. I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't need to lose more weight. You don't need to like redo your hairdo. You don't need to like do all these extraneous things to like put yourself on an app. Like you need to start choosing where you are, like being happy, what you look like now. Like, I think it's the biggest problem with like dating. I haven't done dating apps and I've been on five, did five different people in the last two months without a dating app. I want to brag about that. It's old school. And how are you, and how are you doing that? Just going out and being sociable, but also I think more importantly, just being myself. <clears throat> because I think with dating apps, what I find is crazy about them is that you're filling out these like hundred points. questionnaires profiles of like this person that you want and it's like well me myself as a person I could be like two different people in the span of like a minute and a half you know what I mean like right now I'm like happy and in a good mood but like these birds chirping outside are annoying the shit out of me so I'm like I'm gonna put that in the dating profile they're like Andrew in the span of 20 seconds is really happy and smiling then he looked outside and likes to yell at birds like a psychopath. Like, yeah. you can't, you know what I mean? Like, dating profiles create these, like, no one is, you can't, everyone's like humans, so you can't, like, narrow them down to, like, what their likes and basic likes and dislikes are. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's creating, like, false expectations for yourself and for that person that you're right. meeting. I think two people get in trouble dating apps too, and I found myself doing the same thing too. When you read somebody's profile, then you start to imagine them to be a certain way. You start to imagine how they're gonna walk it, walk into the room. At least I do. I would imagine they're gonna walk. I would imagine the type of voice, how they're gonna like all this, like you know. And it's my fault, you know. And then when you see them, then you're like, oh yeah, you're not. Your voice doesn't sound the way I, in my head. Brian, <laughs> Brian is 33 years old. He talks like and Sebastian. Then, and he shows up like he's mermaid. 45 years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of people, now I'm seeing like, people are so obsessed with filters. And it's like, like, you don't, why are all your dating photos? You shouldn't, look, you shouldn't look better online than you do in person. Right. 
I'm that's a and then they wonder why they think it goes bad. It's like because you're you're lying. Yeah, you're lying. You're it's a big out. thing. You're like lying to yourself and the other person. Right. I think when you don't just to be liked. Yeah, and when you don't, you're not gonna like yourself. Yeah, I, I think that's something I still am struggling with, but I've gotten better at it. It's like it's it's also interesting. You don't even like the way you look, so you're putting some better version of you. Yeah. Online, and it's like start choosing who you are, where you are, and what you look like, yeah. and what you don't look like. Yeah. And accepting ex- it. Accept, and because that's what people fall in love with—the person who really, truly accepts who they are and what they're not and they don't have anything to prove to anyone about who they are what they're not and what they look like you know what i mean because that's to me that's confidence oh you give me make my jeans a little tighter on that kind of stuff i'm gonna like <laughs> you get that means, right? no it doesn't mean oh it means i'm popping the phone Oh wow! Time. Thank you. Should I bleep that out too? Yeah, you <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> Straight people, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> um, well, no, yeah. I mean, because it is true, and it is like it's probably like just to be yourself. So, how are you being yourself? Like, since you're not on a dating app, because most people feel like they. Well, I also find the dating apps to me are like distractions from being myself. Because I could spend like it's further to str- yeah. Because I could spend hours a week trying to have flirtatious text conversations with women on Tinder, with potential <laughs> to have sex with them and maybe date them. Like that's what, it is. and it's like I'm one. I'm not that good at texting. My sarcasm doesn't read via text. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Unless you know you. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm not that good. Also, my profile, like my pictures, all of my photos of myself on my phone are terrible selfies. Like a double chin, buck teeth, you know. The one of you making that face. <laughs> yeah. The water coming out of your face. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, what was the question? Just yeah, I, yeah, I just am like, why I don't do it or why I don't? I lost myself again. No, we're talking about why you, why you don't, are you not doing naps because of that, the way you look and um, are uh, you bad at. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not dating apps because it's not my priority, right? Honestly, mm-hmm. and to find someone find a, a partner I would find dating apps is just more of a distraction for myself right yeah. there's a um, someone I talked to last night at work uh, he's like I gotta tell you something I'll tell you something you know I looked at I, after, I totally forgot about this and he was like I did what you told me to do with my dating app and um, I said like, what did I tell you he was like well, you told me to change my pictures. <laughs> I did, and he did. And I said, I told him, because he had, I think his profile was blank. I had some like, same old bullshit that everybody else is saying. I was like, no, like be honest, like what you want, what you're looking for. And I said, put something that's 
or a question that's very interesting. So that way you know the person read your website because it's like something that's like, huh? Like, what is that? And he was what like, What are some interesting questions? You think? I just, <laughs> I just want to know how interesting this person's interesting question is. Oh, I mean, it depends on like. You like books? No, like it depends on your personality. Like, I, what did I, um, what did I, um, I think I've changed my profile so many times. Like an interesting question, like, um, like um, I got this from this book called. Um, if you could create your own, like baseball a, concession. No, like, or it's, it's, it has to be something very specific what? to you. Well, hold on. Sorry to like, I, hold on. Smack your comment down the ground. Um, I guess I didn't even hear what you just said. So can you repeat it? Please? Yeah, if you were to be a baseball concession food, what would you be? <laughs> See, okay, that's fine. That's something that you would say. Yeah, or if if you want to be more specific to me, I'd list where I have moles on my body. Where Which of those <laughs> moles would you most be like? The one, on Adam, <laughs> one on my Adam's apple? The one on my uh, deltoid? The one on my... What on my knee? I'm learning so much about you today. <laughs> um, or you make a comment about something specific in your life. Like I would, I made a comment about Italy, a very specific place and moment and time, and I would share that. Like, what did you say? You have you you're being so vague. I need to um, well, I don't remember exactly. Like, um, so what I said. Not been that it's, it's not memorable. <laughs> Nobody really comments on my fucking reprofiles, you know. Um, um, that's not, yeah, I can't. That's another thing with dating apps too. Like, like sorry, sorry, but like, no, no, I, in, in where I got this from is this, this woman. Her name is Amy Webb. She wrote this like um, book called "How She Cracked um, Down Internet Dating," and she wrote something very specific. She said, "And I enjoy the view from Petra." Mm-hmm. And that's how she said a comment. Now, Petra is a very specific place in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the only way you would know where it's at is, is when you've been there. And so the guy who she married commented on that specific place. And he also added, like, oh, Petra has this beautiful whatever view. And he added something funny in his, his, um, his thing. So it was very specific um, to her. And the guy commented on her. He he identified with what she said, and so like I think for mine was um, like um, uh, like enjoying like um, I can't even think about it right now. Um, just like enjoying like enjoying the fresh smell of lemon walking down Naples Naples streets. Like literally, when you walk down the street, it's like lemon trees everywhere, which I've never seen it just smell so fresh and the only way you know that if you've been there yeah. I will say that's another reason I don't like internet dating just how uh, shallow it is you're, you're matching somebody based off of how they look well it's like an algorithm of what you like and what you do what you what you say to Oh, that's a combination of things. Yeah, but the, like the Tinder and stuff like this, just I mean, well, they're swiping. They're not really reading them. Yeah. yeah, but other ones still, it's still like how this person looks on your phone. Yeah, 
phone, which is like four inches by six inches. Right. So you're looking at a tiny photo of somebody being like, this is the one. This little four by six photo. <laughs> the fact that they're playing with a dog in the park and then they're in a business suit, business casual. Sorry. The fact that they're playing with a dog in the park and the lighting is beautiful. Rolling around, you know, the beach. And then they're in there. They're entrepreneurs, so they have their like business casual photo <laughs> of them working hard at their job. It's like, it just seems so fake to me. Oh, but I mean, and of course, you probably describe like thousands and thousands of photos that people do the same exact photo. Yeah. And which I also encourage like clients like do put something unique about them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you literally like take a photo from underneath your chin. I mean, <laughs> that's my like, like, like that angle and stuff like that. I mean, that's the real reason. Or not everyone's looking at you like from above your chin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, up here, yeah. High selfie. Yeah, high selfie. Or if you're gonna do do a little like. Um, do like uh, make sure you're like have poor posture show a little, <laughs> bit, show a little belly <laughs> and that's gonna be sexy and draw the man hell yeah it'll be, it'll be honest at least it'll be honest yeah it may not be sexy I don't know anyone who walks around looking sexy all the time I would say those are it's like you far between you no, walk like, around looking sexy no I don't yeah you do with your good. chest look at your chest hair hanging out right now <laughs> that's how you are 24-7 it's 60 degrees outside <laughs> yeah it's 60 degrees so what are some of the big lessons you've learned by doing the calling the one stuff like what are some of the big aha moments aha 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 Forgiving, like the the few big moments were forgiving people and forgiving myself. Uh, and I know just, you had a hard time with that one. Yeah, and I think there was the exercise in there, like especially family and in the upbringing that I had, and recognizing like that my parents and their parents weren't perfect. But there were tendencies and there are traits like that I have that I didn't recognize that I had. So like both my parents, I think, came from relatively like abusive households. My dad verbally and physically abused. My mom kind of thrust into being a parent at like age 16 because my grandparents were Oh, wow. She, she was cooking for like her and like three of her kids. Not three, sorry, three of her younger siblings, or three younger siblings. At 16. Yeah, making dinner for them and stuff like that multiple nights a week. Wow. So, in those, like, you know, two, both my parents, I think, kind of uh, didn't feel like they deserved more for themselves. Because my mom had always put people first from the age of 16 on, you know what I mean? Never really like got to explore and for herself. And then my dad just being physically and verbally abused by his parents just kind of like, that got like ingrained in him. And I think 
being raised by them just that kind of got ingrained in me not feeling like I was worth my self-worth was pretty low and so kind of recognizing that and forgiving my parents for passing that on to me because I saw it as like a negative trait mm. um, and now trying to take steps to change that course of action because they both both my parents also were like and my family they're all very I think intelligent people but they're pretty working class blue collar so it's like whatever job they had it was like they had and they were given that and they they kind of ne- no one really followed their passion mm. really and you get to change that exactly but then at the same token that like feels that's where I kind of get like overwhelmed still where it's like oh I feel like I'm the f- first person in my family to like pause and be like oh there's alcoholism in our family there's depression in our family there's this that the other and no one else wants to admit it like I told my mom that like oh I think alcoholism runs in like both sides of the family and her response was like well your dad's side is worse oh she doesn't even want to like oh no <laughs> yeah. oh god yeah but like there's I don't know dealing with those issues uh, it's a little overwhelming but that's been a positive aspect to just even recognize and admit them because it kind of like makes them manageable yeah. yeah I mean that's a good thing to recognize otherwise a lot of people are in denial or not even not this denial but people go well that's just the way we are and it's true to an extent, but you can also change. Right. Yeah. You can alter that. Yeah. And people don't realize that they do have a choice and you do have a choice. And that you're choosing to be the way you are and you're not doing anything about it. Yeah. And you're choosing that lifestyle. Yeah. And you can get help. Yeah. You can hire a coach or you can go to AA or you can yeah. you know, go to therapy. Go to therapy. Yeah. And all these things are great to have a healthy lifestyle. It's nothing bad about either of those yeah. things they're, they're outlets for you well there's create. a reason why I mean I was unhappy and I was like oh I couldn't figure out a reason why I was unhappy and then, so I started going to therapy and it just kind of was like my therapist and I were like two detectives and I just was like we're putting up all this evidence and that's me like talking about my life and then he would kind of like pinpoint the dots of like oh these three things relate so why is that oh that makes sense well, that makes sense why I don't you know feel like I'm enough or feel like I can take up space or feel like I can uh, choose the life that I want because oh like everyone in my family just was like you gotta just work a nine to five, get health insurance. Uh, and that's a real job. It's like, oh, I have these creative pursuits and that's not viewed as a real job. Well, it's like, oh yeah, everyone in my family doesn't see writing or acting or performing as a real job because everyone just like, was, acts like they're just handed the miserable job. Right. I think a book you should probably look into is called Attachment. 
um, it breaks down the different levels of how people attach in love and why they attach love and it's based off of like uh, how you were raised like if your parents I can't remember the names of different attachments but like if your parents were your overbearing <laughs> Uh, pretty shoddy thank today. you Andrew because um, today I'm so relaxed being with you so oh, <laughs> I'm so glad like California energy is that what it is I guess so <laughs> um, but it breaks down like if your parents are overbearing and very protective your parents are like very neutral and like uh, loving enough but also like just Enough, enough to let you have your independence. This is a side note. I was at a, I was at a bar. I was at a bowling the other day, bowling alley, the other day for the bowling league that I'm in. Uh, yeah, we were sitting at a bar and there was this girl who was a little, little tipsy and she was like 22, 23, and she referred to her parents as free range. Parents. Well, no, she referred to how she was raised as a kid as free-range parenting. What does that mean? It just means like how everyone else was raised before helicopter parents. Like, oh. I'm, I'm like, you are so much younger than me if you can recognize the style of parenting that your parents <laughs> like raised you with. Know, is that a, is it is it free range? Is that good or bad or like free range? I don't even know. I I only thought that was applicable to like chickens or whatever. <laughs> I know it's applicable to parenting, but I guess it's when you let your kid like do whatever they want, right? And then there's like a consequence of that kind of too. So they have this experiment where kids who like that free range or like cry a lot, they need a lot, they want a lot, they need because they. Um, their parents haven't taught them proper um, soothing techniques. Yeah. But do uh, their eggs taste better? Oh, God. I don't know. That's, that joke did not land well. Maybe to somebody who's listening to this, but thank you for trying. But I'm bummed. But it's a really good book. Um, I did the blankets of that book and um, Yes, I, I just need to reread it and get back to those uh, attachments. I think yeah. it's really good to have that down to like. I think also we do this thing, you know, to like, just it, for me, the big thing was just like loving myself for who I am and where I'm at. I think all, you know, gratitude list is a great thing that's helped me get out of my. Uh, I'm feeling funkier in like a depression or whatever like that. I, I start with out like a journal and I write like three pages of gratitude. So wow. I'm thankful for it. And that really has been phenomenal and changed my perspective. I used to like poo-poo that gratitude. That's why I got yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do too. I think it's so cheesy and fun, <laughs> But they're awesome. But then like, I don't do a gratitude list. I do like a gratitude one thing that I'm yeah. like in the morning or sometimes before bed and I'm like really connected to the thing that I'm really or two things and like and I get moved by it and I'm like oh wow like I'm really grateful for yeah doing the one thing I, I just run like when I'm in a funk if I write out like the three pages worth it's kind of 
it really like sifts through all the negativity or it like are. cleans off yeah. uh, you know because cleans off what do you mean like like i feel that like negativity is like a uh, uh I say like dirty energy or something like that, but like I carry I carry a lot of the stuff in my like chest and in my heart kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel the soot. yeah yeah exactly like the soot I'm like I clean off the like soot of you know where the light and positivity <laughs> gosh who have you turned me into I know it's so good. <laughs> It really is. I see, and that's, <laughs> I think having perspective, like, that's another thing I haven't heard about before. It's like, I'm pretty hard on myself. So, having perspective on, like, where I was just two months ago and where I am now. It's like huge. Yeah, I don't realize that. But <laughs> that's why having someone there talk, like, I, you. But you had a coach and a therapist, and, and we were both on the same page yeah, every yeah, single time. Yeah, yeah. It was so weird. I was like, yes, coach. come on, therapist. Get him on that side. I'll get him on this side. <laughs> it takes work. I spend like two and a half hours every week. More than that, too, like working on this. To help me get over, like, the breakup would have been rough. I don't think I would have been... I'm still not like completely over it, but where I, it would have taken probably like a year to be where I'm at right now. Well, you, was some, are you still love this person? Yeah. You, you, you've, that's a, that's a part of the bird that was a lot of your, your a part of you is still not going to stop loving this person. Yeah. But I think that's where the problem with people comes in to breakups is that, that, that little glimpse is still there they think that they still want that person and it's like no it's just like they were a part of your life they're a part of you yeah like you've had an intimate sexual relationship you're it's you're you're you've created an attachment yeah. you're connected to me yeah. you're connected yeah i was uh yeah i was a certain person with my ex whoever that person was, but like Andrew of the past, you know, we shared two and a half years of like, I shared two and a half years of myself with somebody. So of course I'm still going to feel, because right. then what if I'm not, then, I, then that would be just be, that would just be me Xing out those two and a half years. But people do that. <laughs> yeah, they do, yeah. And it's like, I am Xing it out per se, like by not communicating, but I'm not, that's just for my own safety. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna wrap up soon, but I remember this girl I was in um I used to work on a cruise ship with. Now mind you, I worked on a cruise ship as a dancer with this chick. You were a dancer? Yeah, I was a dancer. On a cruise ship. A cruise ship. Yeah. What? Kind of a cruise line, yep. And I was a, a show dancer. Wait, really? Yes, really. But that's we'll we'll talk about that. <laughs> but my point is yeah, we're going to talk about this. And um, and this is when Facebook started to come in. And then um, we always loosely say, first it was MySpace and then, you know, Facebook. And then I friended her. We were friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote her one day. I said, hey, how are you doing? And she goes, how do we know each other? And I was like, wait, you're kidding me, right? 
She goes, no, I don't know who you are. I said, we're friends. I'm not sure how we were friends. I said, and I, when I was about to say her name, I was like, we worked together for two and a half years on a cruise ship. We, we like li- literally got drunk together. We lived next door together. We slept in the same bed together. No, I was not straight. We did not sleep with each other, but like, like we partnered, we were partners for a year together. Like, no, right. Like we're partners together in a show for a year. She goes, oh, I X'd that whole experience out. I was like, how do you do that? Like, how do you completely erase the whole two years of, of your of your of your life out of your mind you that, that like it didn't happen you know that's something i used to do with problems like that and i think if you do that you're also not going to grow no because if you're ignoring those two years you're also ignoring lessons you learned right years, or, or whatever however however long it's so numbing like, yeah it is it's, a, <laughs> it's an overall so yeah <laughs> and then you're gonna in you know she'll maybe repeat whatever Whatever stuff she wants. This is how she doesn't want to deal with life. Yeah. When you're bound to repeat it. Because I, I know that's right. You know, to me, in like previous dating experiences, is where it's like, oh, I recognize that I dated similar women in a sense of like how they've like treated me and stuff. And after doing this course, I'm like, oh, I'm cognizant of that. And the reason I think I continue to date those like similar types of women women who who I and they put their needs before me kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, was because I think I blocked out the previous relationships I ignored those feelings and what I've learned and stuff which is a huge mistake because those those thanks that's why I just failed. A mistake. I, I re- make mistakes. Okay, I, I know. know I make mistakes. Was it a dig at <laughs> you? I'm reiterating how it's a mistake because if, when you look at those relationships, the, you see your pattern, you see your mistakes, you see your lessons, and this is how you're going to grow and evolve in the current state that you're so lovely in right now. Yes. You know, but if you continue to ignore them, then you don't see why fuck. Your dating life looks, and your love life looks the way it looks like. Yeah, like shrapnel, miserable, sad, shrapnel. So, last couple of questions. Okay. What does a life of love now look like to you? Oh my goodness. Um, a life of love now, just about joy. Just surrounding myself with people I enjoy and. Are you included on that list? No, I'm, this is contractually <laughs> obligated. <laughs> contractually obligated to be here. So. Oh, really? You're contractually? Like uh, some signed contract. Really? I got you coffee. Oh, my gosh. You're going to start with some cocoa. Uh-huh, and I waited. For a long time, right? What is a life? Yeah, I just think it's like finding joy in every every day, every moment. Um, eventually, not working and decide how soon that I'm working at, and uh, exploring like. And what day would that be? Oh, don't put a deadline on me. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's got to be true. 
can't help it. Jesus, can't help it. Um, <laughs> by June. Um, but just just waking up and just like waking up every day and just be like, what does Andrew want to do today that he will enjoy? Aww. And so today, that was going to the museum of the moving image, <laughs> getting some coffee, getting some rotisserie chicken, uh, going to a dinner party later. Potentially going to a call. <laughs> uh, Potentially, know. no, that's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm just doing, just like getting, honestly, getting outside of my apartment and like going and experiencing life. And so, turning off my headphones on the subway, just taking in the mm. city. Yeah, I do that too. And being conscious, I think it's also like being conscientious, trying to be as like present and conscientious as possible. And so, how does Andrew now get out of his own way? Oof, that's still struggling with that one a little bit. Um, just going with the flow, just like jumping and then letting my mind. So, what does a juicy love life look like to you now? Oh. <laughs> a juicy, a juicy booty love life. <laughs> a juicy booty is involved in the love life. I'll tell you that. I know that's right. Whether it's mine or someone else's, definitely <laughs> a juicy booty in there. Um, Laughter, intimacy, passion, experiences. Uh, I think it's me being totally myself at all times, which ranges from being a total complete idiot to someone who tries to be a pseudo intellectual (laughs) (laughs) and everything in between that. I think it's just a matter of enjoyment of just life in the moment. And, that, and if there is one thing that you can share with men um, about what coaching has done for you. Talk about your feelings and your emotions outside of just anger. <laughs> it's a um, what was the finishing part of your question? Oh, so if you can share one thing about having a coach that can help another man, what would that be? The benefits of having a coach. Oh, what were the benefits of having a coach? Yeah. Let's just, just think if you're if you feel like stuck or stifled, it's probably because you've been giving yourself excuses to not change. You think you know you've. There's a reason why all of, if you if you've try if you're trying to change your life and it's not changing, there's a reason behind that. And the reason's probably you. <laughs> <laughs> and having a coach kind of helps you with that fact. 
and hold you accountable and will call you on your bullshit. Because <laughs> um, even right now, it's, you know, I've maybe in the last week or so, I've, you know, not been on it's, coaching calls. Yeah, it's on coaching calls. And I just have been like, I've been maybe enjoying myself and my life a little bit. I want to say it's not like I'm enjoying it too much, but I'm also not like taking like actual steps like we were every, every week. And even now I can feel like hanging out with you. I'm like, Oh no, I gotta, okay, what so, am I going to tell Jimmy? All right. So what actual steps are you going to start taking? This oh, week? See, this is why I didn't want to tell you this. <laughs> and this is why, this is why you need a go This is the shit that you got to deal with. Well, cause I'm committed to having a life that you love. Oh, that's um, uh, for me, actual steps are just like... No, what actual steps are you going to take this week in order between now and next week, Friday, that's going to elevate your game in life? I was going to tell you. Okay. It's going to the gym three, four times. It's setting, uh, I would say, an hour, hour and a half uh, aside to write like I said, I was going to do. And then I'm having a business meeting on Tuesday with another actor friend of mine. We're going to set up a little six-month okay. plans and stuff like that. Um, and then the big, my last big hurdle is like career stuff where I'm like, oh, where am I, what's my dream? And what do I want, you know, what do I want to pursue? And just going for that goal or dream. I would assert to you, because this happened to me, Yeah, your dream is right there, you're just not listening to it. Yeah, I know, and I'm also just not saying it aloud, because it <laughs> allows me to <laughs> keep it to myself, yeah. and then I can act like I'm doing <laughs> stuff for it, but I'm not. And then you have to say, how much more time do you want to waste? Till I'm 30. Maybe two years. Okay. I'm just kidding. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew, for coming okay, on. Yeah, I'm not even on that. Yes. My life begins where I'm Hey, guys. So don't forget to subscribe on Instagram at Jimmy Allen and Twitter, simply Jimmy. And don't forget to rate, rate, subscribe comment and share this podcast if you enjoyed it thank you guys for joining me this is jimmy allen with crazy juicy love hey guys are you ready to call in your one are you ready to become wildly magnetic to the partner that you deserve and start creating that crazy juicy love well I am offering a discount package when you listen to this podcast. So when you listen to this podcast, you follow me on Instagram, you DM me and say, you listen to this podcast, and I will offer you a discount on a seven-week session. Crazy Juicy Love.